0: Welcome back everybody to another episode of your favorite podcast. This is the best of the best presented by the Maverick teams. Thank you all so much for being here. As you can tell from probably what you've seen on social media, what you're seeing with the title and the description of the show, we have a tremendous guest here for you all today. We had a great conversation. I'm so excited for you all to listen to it. So I'll breeze through this intro as I know you all are probably eager to listen to this interview. Everyone, please remember a couple things. Number one, remember that you are a leader and that you should always lead by example in whatever you do in life. Number two, remember to follow this podcast on your favorite social media platform. If you have already followed us on your favorite social media platform, please follow us on your second favorite social media platform. Our username is at tbotbpod or the best of the best podcasts on some certain platforms. But for the most part, it's at T-B-O-T-B-POD. And number three, leave a review at the end of this episode with what you think we're worthy of, whether it's five stars, I pray and hope it's not one star, but if it is, so be it. That's what you think you're entitled to your opinion and with all those things being out of the way i'll dive into the disclaimer and then we'll jump right into the interview so everyone please remember the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only i cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided you should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed all right, everyone, thank you again for tuning in. Hope to have you back. Go listen to more episodes of this podcast. And let's jump right into this week's interview. I am so excited to introduce our guest for this week. His name is Shadi Bakur, he is the CEO and co founder of Pathwater. Shadi, welcome to the Best of the Best podcast. How are you? Doing great. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, actually, before we started recording, Shadi was giving me some medical advice, which I am uh, very thankful for. He's helping me out with something I've struggled for a long time. So thank you, Shadi. I've seen your water and your product everywhere. I actually very rarely do an Orange Theory class, but uh, one of my buddy's girlfriends thought I wasn't going to be able to do it last week. And I did it. Um, And obviously had some of your water there. Your water is also at the place, which is like my second home, the Boca Raton. I've drank in your water a ton. I've seen it all over. Um, As I told friends and family sort of that I was having you on the show. They've seen your water everywhere too. And I did my due diligence on you online and sort of got to know you a little bit. And so your story is out there. So we can keep it pretty brief, but I'd like to give you the floor for a minute. I always usually do this during interviews for anyone that might not know what Pathwater is sort of explain what your product is, why you're making a difference in this
1: space and how you got into it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, it's it's very exciting to be here and to be talking to your audience. I think our story is similar to a lot of those entrepreneurial stories that you hear of kind of starting from the bottom and building one brick at a time. We come from very humble beginnings. We were driving Uber, working at a restaurant on the weekends, and started going door-to-door to 7-Eleven with this idea of creating a more sustainable packaging for single-use plastic bottled water. Um, and the way that we did it is by putting it in a reusable aluminum bottle instead of single-use plastic. And yeah, I mean, from going to that door-to-door sales in Northern California to growing to an national and international business. It's really cool to hear, you know, the stories of just people that see the product around. And obviously that's happening more and more, but I remember the first time I was at a local gym and I just saw someone holding that first bottle that I ever saw, you know, someone actually using in the market and and that feeling was crazy. And, you know, now it's become much more commonplace. So we still feel like it's very much the beginning of our journey. We've got some serious backers behind us that are really allowing us to take things to the next level. And so we're very excited about the next chapter of what we got ahead.
0: Yeah, and for those of you that are listening right now, obviously this is an audio only podcast. This is not visual. I'm sitting at my office in South Florida. Shadi, I believe is somewhere in Texas, but I say that to say, I'm looking at him. We're on a Zoom and he has a smile on his face that radiates when he's telling this (laughs) brief story and talking about the history of Pathwater. And Shadi, we're almost close to a hundred episodes in on Podcast. I've interviewed you know a ton of different people, executives at huge corporations, and to see a smile like yours resonates with people out there because it shows that you're excited about your product, you actually care about your product, you're not in it for just the numbers, right? You're in it to actually make a difference, and that's really what I want to focus on for this first part of the interview: is why you even went down this road. You talk about sustainability, you talk about the plastics. Before we talked, I told you, I'm huge into health, right? I'm very conscious of what I put inside of my body. And a large portion of, I think a lot of, and for all of you out there that are listening, this is my opinion There is a theory out there that microplastics is causing a significant drop in testosterone levels in young male adults. I believe that that probably is the case as to why... I shouldn't say 100% the case, but definitely a contributor as to why we're seeing lower testosterone levels in young males across the world. So I love your mission that you're on because I think not only is this about sustainability, but this is actually about health as well and taking away those microplastics. Yeah, taking away those microplastics of people leaving their bottles in the car, right? Them getting hot, then going back and drinking them again. I don't think that unfortunately, the general public understands the potential harm that could cause your body by doing that because of those plastics. And so, like I said, that's kind of what I want to focus on for the first half of this interview. So let's first start with sustainability and why you choose to go Mm -hmm. to an aluminum bottle and not a different
1: type of material. Why did you choose aluminum for the bottle? It's a great question. We actually looked at every type of material, so, for us, it was we wanted to be the most sustainable bottled water out there, period. And we looked at stainless steel, we looked at glass, we looked at paper, and we found two, a few things. Number one, aluminum is the most recyclable material in the world. Recycling centers actually don't make money from recycling paper, glass, or plastic. It's all made from aluminum and other metals. And so, it has a high recycling value, right? And then beyond that, we wanted to take it a step further. And the whole idea from the beginning was to make it into a solid reusable bottle. We actually looked at stainless steel because arguably stainless steel is, you know, potentially a better material in some ways. But the thing that limited us from going that route was that the price point didn't allow us to really compete in the market. And the way that we looked at it from day one was that we wanted to combine the convenience of bottled water with the sustainability of a reusable recyclable bottle and do it at a very affordable price. And that affordability was very, very important for us because, you know, you can go spend $50 on a hydro flask and it's beautiful and it's double-walled and it's sturdy. But for those consumers that, you know, may not want to, or it may be inconvenient or that might be expensive for them, which is a large portion of the United States. You know, it's very hard to make sustainable choices because if you want a bottle of water, you're going to end up drinking a plastic bottle of water because that's what's available in the market. So we started very early on when nobody was talking about this. It was in 2015, like very beginning of 2015. And there were a couple brands that were kind of out there in the market. But now it's become, you know, a phenomenon where you're seeing so many different aluminum brands and et cetera, et cetera, out in the market.
0: Yeah. And clearly you guys were the trendsetters in my opinion. I can actually remember the first time I saw a Path water. I believe it was actually private labeled because I you guys do that, right? You private label your water. Um, I believe it yeah. was a private label. Co-brand. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Co-brand. I like that terminology better. Um, y- you co-brand the bottles. And It was one where I said, oh, wow, look, they're giving away a water bottle. Um, But what I didn't realize is it actually was a reusable bottle, something drastically different than I had ever seen. How many times can a typical consumer use that bottle? Is it endless until the cap breaks or what what are you sort of seeing in that time
1: range? I've seen people hold on to it for five years. On average, people will probably reuse it around six to eight times. Um, and then recycle it, go grab another one or you drop it or lose it or whatever may happen. So it allows you the kind of flexibility to be more sustainable, but also, you know, fit it into your lifestyle in a way that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And when it comes down to listen, even something like your cap on your bottles, right? You see a lot of these plastic bottles, they have caps that Are so flimsy and loose, and sometimes it's on, sometimes it's not. Your cap is sturdy, your cap is on there. I'm a very detail oriented Mm -hmm. person. I focus on the details, I like details. So, as you can tell, you know, like just in the times of I go and play pickleball at the club, right? I use your bottle and I drink the water that is from your bottle. Yeah. So, you talk about sustainability and people reusing the bottle. Is the bottle dishwasher safe? Can people put it in their dishwasher?
1: It's hand wash only, but I don't want to say things that'll get me sued, but I've put it in the dishwasher before um, and have had no issues. <laughs> but uh, you know, that the idea is like you said, like everything was built around the idea of reusability. So like that cap, that you're, the flimsy caps that you've seen on other products, we had that cap for a month. And then we're like, this is not the quality that we want to be bringing out into the market. We immediately switched over to our current caps, everything was very carefully designed and it was definitely not our first product like we went through several iterations of the design of the cap, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, to make sure that it was really dialed in love it I, I love that when we talk about path water right I think something that's
0: sometimes overlooked in some businesses and I could be off base here is the name is mm-hmm. path have a meaningful name because you're trying to pave a new path in water is sort of what my yeah. guess was is am i on board there
1: yeah it's the path forward to a more healthy and sustainable future and I think health is such an important piece of it because like yeah you can so microplastics is a real thing I think there's probably a lot of data to support your theory. I'm not sure it's even a theory anymore at this point. I mean, they've found that in the U.S. on average, uh, we eat about a credit card worth of plastic every week in microplastics in our food. So, you know, I always say like, we thought we were saving the turtles, but at this point we're saving ourselves, (laughs) you know? But beyond that whole like health aspect of microplastics, the Bottled water segment has been growing every single year and it exceeded carbonated soft drinks for the first time in 2017. So we're seeing like soft drinks go down, water go up, which is great on a general scale, right? But I didn't know that still in the US, over 50% of people consume a soda at least once a day. So it's still very prevalent you know in, in society but you know we have a big opportunity to make a change within bottled water and the way that we're doing it is not only through providing more sustainable packaging but if you're encouraging people to refill and reuse then they're actually drinking more water cuz now they have you know a container that they can reuse so that's i mean we look at it in many ways we've also launched sparkling and sparkling flavors and we're starting to take shelf space away from a lot of those you know less healthy drinks So there's so much potential for what we could do. The name Path, we actually started as Refill It Water, and then we changed it to Path Water. We went through this whole branding exercise. We were looking for a four or five letter word that's commonly used that really speaks to the nature of what we're trying to build. And after going through a thousand names, we figured out Path. So... Yeah, it definitely has a lot of meaning to us, but we think it's also just something that aligns with the overall mission statement of the business.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I've had your sparkling water as well. I will say I'm not a like big sparkling water fan and I will even be more transparent and say I did not purposefully <laughs> drink sparkling water. It was uh, what I accidentally grabbed and I didn't mm-hmm. even realize that it was sparkling, um, but that was my fault, but listen, I think we talked about a few different things that I'll pull out and just highlight for a second. Number one, being sustainability from an environmental standpoint and actually being able to recycle the aluminum bottles and it being profitable for those recyclable centers. Number two, we talked about human sustainability and the way that I would think about this, right? Right. Again, there's a doctor named Dr. Shauna Swan. She is probably one of the leaders when it comes to lower testosterone levels in adult males. I've invited her on the podcast a few times. I've talked with her team. We've gone back and forth. Obviously, she has not been on the show yet, but I hope to bring her on. And the reason I bring that up is... The sustainability aspect for humans, I think here is so important. Like the statistic you bring up about humans consuming about a credit card of plastic each week. I've seen that study and have looked into it and there's definitely weight to that. And I think, again, with the type of product that you're building, it's so important for all of you listeners out there to understand that not only is this an environmental aspect to the business, but there's also the human aspect to the business. And I think one, that's one thing as I was looking online and I heard you in other interviews and saw you on stages at some events. That's one thing that I think is overlooked is the human aspect and how much path is contributing to human sustainability, Not a, like I said, not not just from the environmental standpoint, but actually what you're putting in your body. I, You heard me before we even clicked record on this podcast. I'm very conscious of what I put in my body because what we put in our body is what we're going to get out, right? Whether that gets out in sweat, headaches, tiredness, all those things, brain fog. So it's so important in that aspect. And I guess that brings me to the next point of when you were at the conception of Pathwater and sort of creating the brand of Pathwater, I guess back in the day, you, you were calling it refill it, right? When you were creating refill it. Why did you choose to try and go after water? Was it something where you saw an opportunity in the marketplace and you said, I'm going to do this thing? Or why wasn't it a flavor drink, right? You talked, now you're doing yeah. flavor drinks. Why didn't you start with that? Why did you start with water?
1: I think we were very naive and dumb and we did, I had no idea what we were getting into. We talked about the water category and how we could innovate around it and and really, Talked about the packaging, about the cap closure, et cetera, et cetera. We were just brainstorming. But we did know we wanted three things. Number one, we wanted something that was simple, that we could get on the market very quickly, you know, and you know, we were very and we still are very ambitious and have very set very high expectations of ourselves. So we wanted to get it on the market quick, something simple. Number two, we wanted something that had an impact tied to it. And so it was very obvious that when we looked at the list of the contributors to the plastic crisis, like bottled water is on that list because bottled water is a massive, massive category. And then number three, scalable, right? So we wanted something that was a really big idea. And so those were the three things that we wanted to focus on. And looking at the beverage category today, like It's a very, very difficult category to be playing in for many reasons. But number one being, it requires a lot of capital to take the business to a place where it's sustaining itself. So it's been good. You know, I can't complain. But uh, a lot of learning lessons along the way. Of course. And no regrets at all. But like you said, we're having a lot of fun with it right now. Like I wake up every day just super juiced up about everything that we're working on. So we're having a blast and That's kind of what life's about, right? It's about being on the journey. Absolutely. Listen, I'm a fellow entrepreneur like you are, right?
0: Currently own and operate about eight different businesses and eight different industries. And it's one of those things where if you don't wake up every single day happy, excited about what you have going on in your life, number one, you should reevaluate sort of what your goals are and why you're going after what you're going after. Because a lot of what I do tries to bring a positive impact to the world, literally across the board, even with this podcast this podcast was taught to be educational originally it was focused the slogan was the shit that's not taught in school and that has transformed into one of the fastest growing educational companies in america that's now providing financial literacy entrepreneurship and basic life skills education that was the basis of this podcast and i bring that up to say to all of you entrepreneurs out there listen search shoddy up look who some of the investors are they're big name people they're big name organizations and they're putting their money their resources behind shoddy because they believe in that as well so if you have an idea out there and shoddy just so you know this primarily this show is listened to by a younger audience and i try and resonate as someone yeah. that's a- typically the youngest in the room. And I would assume that you're sometimes, most of the time, the youngest in the room as well. 100%. And so I I always try and bring it back to a place where the two of us can inspire and hopefully touch some of the people that are listening right now, because appreciating the journey, as cliche as it may sound, is single-handedly the most important part of business. No day's ever going to be perfect. There's always going to be road bumps. You have to be a problem solver if you're an entrepreneur because you're solving problems all day that come up. So consider what Shadi said to be potentially one of the most important takeaways from this episode and really interpret what he's talking about and why he's saying that. But moving along,
1: Shadi. Yeah. Can I cut you off really wall- quick before we yeah, do that? Come I just on, want to say on. one thing to add to that. So Uh, I recently went on a walk with a younger guy who's figuring out, you know, what his next step was. Does he want to take an entrepreneurial venture? And one of his biggest worries was that his parents didn't want to see him struggling because it would worry them. And, you know, we talked through that. But I think to your point, like one of the things that has always, always been super core to me is to actually embrace the struggle. Like if you're looking forward to going through that struggle, it's all upside from there, right? And so it's, it's how you look at things. And my favorite quote of all time is Sigmund Freud. He says, in retrospect, the years of struggle will strike you as the most beautiful. So looking back on those days, those years of struggle are the best days. And now, you know, coming to the level of success that we've had which still again we still have a long way to go but even up to this point like looking back at those early days when we were you know hustling out of the back of a beat up prius with the bumper hanging off and all those things those days were were the good days so appreciate that
0: yeah and i'll add on to that even too is saying I do solo episodes a good amount of the time more recently just because I'm in a place now where I can really dive into my experience about being the youngest in the room. And a lot of what I talk about is failure. Failure is so important to success. And it's something that you don't see a lot of people focus or talk about because no one likes to talk about what they failed at doing, right? Um, But what I always try and do is touch upon how failure is so important to success. And I think that's what you've just done. Struggle can be seen as failure, right? Because it's hard when you're an entrepreneur and you have to make all these different pieces work from creating a website to getting funded to making sure your are bookkeeping is up to date, to making sure your branding is what you want it to be, right? You're playing the role of 10 different jobs in one um, until you get to the point where you can delegate those things to people that are specialists in there. And what I say is failure is crucial to success. When you fail, you need to get back up. And number one, understand why you failed. And number two, figure out how to do it so you're not going to fail the next time, right? And if you do fail the next time, repeat the process. And it's a rinse and repeat until you make it to the end. So I appreciate you bringing that up as someone from your position. You talked about, you know, selling water out of the back of a Prius with the bumper hanging off. What is, I, and I don't, you can say, I'm not going to say because mm-hmm. it's not
1: public, but what, what is Pathwater valued at today? What's the value of Pathwater today? Let's just say it's in the, it's in the hundreds of millions. Let's just put it there.
0: Yeah, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. And that right there should be, again, another place of inspiration for all of you out there is appreciating the journey. I don't care how cliche it sounds. I'll say it a million times. Again, is is so important. So thank you for adding that point on. I think everyone's going to appreciate that. Yeah,
1: it's really interesting how you talk about failure. And it's 100% on point. I like to call it mistakes because the way I think about it is like, mistake. The word mistake is actually like, if you think about on an acting set, you know, take one, take two. So it's a mistake, and then you go on the next one. And, you know, you do it as many times as it takes to do the film properly. So I always like to think about it this way. I actually heard something from a really successful entrepreneur um, who said, the funny thing about any business or any venture, anything that you're trying to do is that you don't really fail until you actually accept failure. So like a company, even if a company goes bankrupt, like there's always something more that you could be doing to try to take next steps to figure it out. So, you know, it's like you said, it's just about like getting up, you know, taking punches and and getting back up time and time again. I might steal the mistake, uh,
0: like I- idea Take there. It. Yeah, I like that. Volume. I like that one. <laughs> I like that one a lot. No, I listen. These parts of the podcast where it's and listen for everyone out there, like Shadi will attest, I gave him no questions no nothing we just started recording Mm -hmm. this and these points in the podcast where you start to dive into what your experience has really been like and what advice you can offer to aspiring entrepreneurs this is where we get into what i always call the meat right the good stuff the reason that people listen to this show is because they want to hear these stories they want to hear these examples And I guess we keep going back and forth. We'll add, we'll add, we'll add. And and I will do it because it's valuable. I guess the last point I'll make here is I saw something on Instagram and a lot of my For You page is like filled with, you know, typical like inspirational entrepreneurship type stuff. Um, And I saw something that sort of talked about the process in business where just staying consistent, right? You stay consistent with doing something. You do that repeatedly over and over again. And at some point, consistency is going to win. You know, you talk about mistakes and getting the one until you get it right. And that's just being consistent. We're going to do it until we get it right. And I think it provides so much value to people out there because, again, I think a lot of people, they stop when it becomes time to struggle. They stop because they don't want to go through that struggle. Or in the case of the person that you're talking to, I can't tell you how many friends or associates, we'll call them, that I have that are are my age sort of and they're nervous. I'll tell you, I lost one of the best people I could have ever gotten on my team because his parents didn't want him to come and be in a position where he was going to make a little less money for a year um, rather than the offer that he had. Um, And I told him, I'm like, listen, this door is always open if you want to come back. But he's young, graduated college, and I think that his family were the ones that really drove the decision for him and he wanted to be here. I hear stories like that all the time. And I guess what I'll say to that is, for all of you listening out there, my parents since the time i was could remember wanted me to go to law school i planned my life around going to law school i went to law school shoddy for 13 days and left wow I left because it wasn't me. Like that's not, I wasn't going to sit there. I was never going to be a lawyer. And so for all of you out there that are doing things because your parents, you feel your parents have given their life for you and have done everything for you, you need to make the decision that's best for yourself, that you know in your gut is best. When I left law school, I didn't tell my parents for a week because I was so nervous. Like, what are they going to do to me, right? You know, like what's going to happen? And when I told my parents, they said, we know, like we know you left. Like we knew, we knew that you left. And so I think a lot of the times people are anticipating the reactions of the people that they look up to, to be worse than they are. Because when people see that you take that step and you have that confidence, they respect you. And the other thing I'll say to that is being young and in business is something that's rare nowadays. As common as you and I may think it is because it's the world we live in of entrepreneurship, it's rare to the average, we'll call it consumer or average American. And the entrepreneurial spirit is the backbone of America. The small businesses are what run America, right? And taking that first step in today's world, being young, people are gonna respect you so much more. Like I can't tell you how many people respect what I'm doing because I'm young and I'm doing it when I'm young. Whereas people of an older, you just lose that respect level because it's kind of like you should be doing it, right? It's kind of like you, that's what you should be doing. But at young, people expect you to make mistakes and do X, Y, or Z, which you're going to do anyway. But start when you're young. And I guess that's sort of the last thing I'll say to that point. Yeah. Now I want to talk about the water that's actually inside the bottle. I'm like a, a water... I, I hate to use like the word connoisseur because i think that's the wrong word but maybe like a, a uh there's this guy i've seen on instagram and he calls himself the water sommelier you know like a wine sommelier yeah there's water that i just won't drink because it has salt in it right and like there, there's some certain things in it but i would like to talk about how you sourced what's inside the bottle and sort of the difference between your water some other waters out
1: there etc yeah so it's really interesting when we started we actually thought okay we want to go into a spring water because that spring water is linked to you know natural spring the whole you know ethos that we were we thought we were going for but what we learned very quickly was that companies that are tied to a spring source are creating a larger carbon footprint because they're tied to a single source. So if you think of Fiji, for example, if you're in Russia and you get a bottle of Fiji, it came from Fiji to Russia, right? And our whole idea from the beginning, again, was simple, impactful, scalable. So we wanted some, we, we think really, really big in everything that we do. And so when we figured that out, we started to pivot, started looking at purified water. We currently use purified water with electrolytes that we add back into the water. And the idea there is we can literally go to any manufacturer in the world and create the same exact consistency of product. So if I'm delivering to a customer in China, then I'll produce it right there, right next to the manuf- you know, distribution site, and we're not shipping water Long distances, so that was kind of the idea behind it. We've had very deep formulation around our water. It goes through seven-step, you know, deep purification process, and then again, we add certain electrolytes back uh, for taste, for mineralization, etc. And it's just great water, but they're not like special. You know, it won't make you fly or make you younger or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no i and i will say like i'm a
0: very hard critic on water right because in the position you're in i'm not going to sit here and criticize like names brands of water um if it were just me solo i would doing it but i don't want to put you in that position (laughs) so i'll I'll, I'll refrain from doing that but what i will (laughs) say is there's water out there quite frankly that like i'm just not drinking and however entitled that may sound listen i work very hard so if i want to choose to drink a certain kind of water i want to drink that certain kind of water um but what i will say is like your water is one that i feel comfortable grabbing i enjoy grabbing i will say like i don't drink bottles of water but when i have your water i do refill it you know i have a system at my house like when i come back from pickleball like we'll refill it and use that for the day you know so i definitely have done that before and i can notice that when i taste your water it's not something that i you know don't want to grab again it is something that i want to grab again and i think that's so important and i think maybe if you could actually i'm gonna ask you a question because i've always thought this but i haven't looked too deep into it yeah are there water manufacturers out there or i should say water brands that are manufacturing specifically putting like salt in the water to make
1: you keep drinking it? Or is that kind of a myth? Hmm. I haven't heard about that one. I haven't heard about that one. Okay. I'm not too sure. Is there salt in path water? Like, do you add salt? Um, I mean, there are electrolytes, which can be considered salts. So, okay, right, right. I guess, technically. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not going to point out the specific brand,
0: but there is a brand out there and this is one of the studies that I have looked into. There is a brand out there that is purposefully adding a certain amount of something to continue to make you drink it, right? You're picking it back up, drink it. This was years ago that I looked into this. Like I've been crazy about water for literally a long time. Mm. Um, so I don't know if that holds any truth anymore, but I know that back in the day that for sure was something that was uh, that had gone on but now if you don't mind shoddy and i'll give you the option to sort of add anything in i'm going to totally shift the focus of our conversation from your product and your water to sort of a business centered conversation i'd like you to sort of explain the track that you've taken in starting this business right what that's been like for you how you raise capital to continue to scale this business to what you have the dreams that it can be etc so the floor is yours yeah
1: I mean, we don't have enough time to go over everything, but uh, it's definitely been a huge learning lesson. You know, when we started, I would say we just literally started with a business plan. So we sat down we thought, okay, and you can get a template online. You know, what is our competitive analysis? What is our product going to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then we took that piece of paper and we went and we kissed as many butts (laughs) as we could kiss. (laughs) to try to go get some money because we had no money of our own and get enough money to just produce the product, uh, you know, maybe do a, a really cheap design and just get the basics. Right. And we went to all of our friends, our, I would say middle Eastern community cause I'm originally middle Eastern and they all laughed at us. They told us we were too young. And the whole, the whole young thing is really interesting cause I thought at the beginning I had a limiting belief that I was too young um, to get people to you know invest money or whatever it may be. How old were you? I was 22. Okay, you weren't that young, but continue on. Yeah, right, I know. And But when I changed that mentality, a lot of things changed for me and it opened up a lot of doors. And that's actually the mentality when that shifted, we were able to raise our first round of funding and yeah, I'm. you got to be a lifelong learner, like just devour as much information as you can, whether it's podcasts, books, you know, each one has their own value, like videos, et cetera, et cetera, to try to get a diversity of knowledge out there and just like be a lifelong learner. But I think for us, you know, what really created momentum was just being like very, very, Tenacious, not taking no for an answer, you know, whether we were selling to like a 7-Eleven, like we wouldn't leave there until they literally took our product, even if we had to give it to them for free. And then we would come back a week later and sell them, you know, five cases or whatever it may be. So I would say one of the pieces of advice that I have to anyone kind of thinking of different ideas and stuff like that, definitely look for a business that has good margin because you know going through beverage it's a very tough margin business and you have to scale your margin over time and increase your margin so going into a business that has high profit margin is something that i think is can be very empowering that's probably a lot of your businesses Maverick have, have great margin because they're based around you know media content other things like that so it's something that can drastically change yeah your life you know,
0: yeah, absolutely no, and, and I think, listen, the again, you talk about sort of the struggle, right, and you talk about shifting your mindset. do you believe in sort of manifestation? is that do you live your life with manifestation, or what's
1: your ideology behind that? Yeah, it's really interesting, so I have a three part meditation that I do every day. I start with like just kind of grounding myself you know, breathing, What you know, focusing. And then I go into gratitude, joy, compassion. Then the third part of it is visualization. So I deeply believe, I, I don't even know if it's a belief, like there's science to show that if you visualize doing something, it literally uses the same muscle fibers that you would use to do that activity. So like Michael Phelps, you know, I don't know how many gold medals and whatnot he's won every day before he goes into practice. He sits on the pool on the side and he visualizes himself doing two things. Number one, going through the race itself and actually being in the race. And then number two is actually winning it. And he's able to experience himself winning that, you know, event without actually even winning it. So like you can create your own reality in your head. But I think for me, the one thing that really, like, I think, look, there's the non-scientific part of manifestation, which I kind of go back and forth on. But I think what does make a lot of sense to me is that if you get a new Prius, right? And you're driving around and you leave the car lot, you're gonna see Priuses all over the place. Yep. You're gonna start to see Priuses. It's something that's called your reticular activating system, right? Your RAS. So that's something that's real. Like you start to notice things when you see them, when you imagine them, when you're associated with them. So just by sitting there and imagining yourself doing an activity, again, your muscle fibers will twitch as if you're actually doing that activity. that's proven through science. You know, if you're doing that, then you're putting your mind in a state where you're gonna notice certain opportunities, certain things that you wouldn't otherwise notice because you your mind wasn't in that state, right? So that's what makes the most sense to me. And then if there is a non you know more spiritual um, benefit to it, great. Like I'm down for that. <laughs> but I know like there's like you know pretty solid evidence to show that the power of visualization is, is real.
0: Yeah, I listen. You and I, we're gonna have to sit down and go get dinner one day when I come when I come to Austin to do the uh, thing we were talking about. We'll have to sit down and get dinner because do it. I start my day off every single morning. I'm a big journaler, but my journal is broken up into sections with sort of affirmations, mm-hmm. gratitude, and manifestation. And I wholeheartedly believe everything you just said. I even am one of the spiritual believers in it. I think that. You're know you putting that energy out into the world and I think a lot of what you get back is what you put out. And I think too, a big component of this, and I'm sure that you would agree with this, but I'm interested to hear is, it's who you surround yourself with, who you're around. 100%. Yeah, it's who you're around that's really gonna set the stage of where you're going to go, what you're going to do, and how you're going to do it. And I'll be honest with you, Shadi. Like, I've talked about this in my solo episodes of cutting people off. Like, unfortunately, cutting people off, you just have to do some time. Because if not only are they doing bad for you? But if it's causing you to lose focus and shift your sight of what you had your eyes on at one point in time, it's just doing you harm. And I think a lot of people are scared to cut people off like that. Because in today's world, listen, like, in my opinion, people are way too sensitive. Um, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's like we're human beings, we're the most crazy animal ever. In my, you know, we, we are. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that, Cutting people off is essential at certain points in your life to ensure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. So that's one thing I'll say there. But listen, Shadi, you clearly have built a tremendous business from literally the ground up and you have a great product too and you have a good vision and obviously you're doing things the right way so you know as we wrap this interview up number one I want to say I genuinely appreciate you I I know we had to shift some things around so I genuinely appreciate you taking the time out of your day and coming on here and talking with me but there is one question that I ask at the end of every single interview no matter who it is or what it is and I'm going to ask you that and that is Shadi what do you
1: wish you knew when you were in your Early twenties hmm that's a great question. I would say that it's a marathon, not a sprint, so it's you know like when I think about my career and <clears throat> what I'm gonna do and my timing and I want to get rich and I want to do this and I want to do that right I shifted my perspective from like wanting to do things in a very short period of time to wanting to do them over a very long period of time like what if i could get from a to z but i don't do it in a year two years i do it in 40 years like what if what if it takes me that long and if if you think with that long-term view then like even if you fall down 20 30 times you can still get back up and keep going because you still have a lot of time to figure it out so that's the one thing I would, I would say is like, you don't have to know what you want to do when you're 20. Like you're still very much uh, experimenting and trying to figure things out. I mean, I heard something from a guy recently who was like 50 years old and he's like, I just figured out what I want to do. And that's completely, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. So that would be my, my last piece of advice. Yeah, and here's what I'll say back to that.
0: I think, unfortunately, my generation... Is so used to getting things quickly. (laughs) I'll point a big finger at Amazon for that. I think like anything you want, (laughs) any product you want, you can have at your home within 48 hours. And I think, you know, even going online, the access to information is instant. The access to products are instant. Everything in our life is instant because of technology. But what's not instant is building a company like Pathwater to be successful or building any company like that. You know, a lot of people today, they want to go viral. They want to get that overnight success. That's just not realistic for the majority of people. You need to work towards your goals every single day. And I think that comes down to an again, unfortunately, the lack of patience that younger people today have. And it's no fault to their own, quite frankly. If they were self-aware to see that, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them would shift their thinking to be more long-term and be more patient with things. But with their access to information, with the way school is today, with the way news is delivered to them, with the way that they buy stuff or go to a restaurant like Chipotle and get their meal within seconds, like there's no patience anymore. But if you can build a life for yourself between your mental and your physical body that appreciates and really takes in patience, you're going to be a lot further than everyone. And I I really believe that wholeheartedly. I think that patience is something that can save this world of divisiveness. Um, If everyone just has a little patience to hear each other out and hear the other side, I think patience goes a long way. So with that being said, Shadi, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I I genuinely, I talk to people all the time. And I think that, you know, you're, you're one of those people where you and I can connect on some levels of what we do in our life to kind of get to where we are. And I appreciate hearing someone that's, you know, ahead of me doing that and so you know in a way i'll say that i in front of everyone i look up to you i congratulate you you're doing a great job you know keep on doing you and keep on making a difference in this world because at some Thank point you. everyone is gonna you know see it and realize it and understand it i guess i thought that was my last question i'll ask one more where can you buy pathwater
1: we're in over 60,000 stores across the country so we're in target uh, whole foods sprouts cvs rite aid costco walmart Just kind of look out for us on the shelf and we're generally out there. I love it. I love it. Well, (laughs) thank you again, Shadi. You truly are the best of the best. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Shadi and his team have created such an amazing product with an amazing mission and an amazing business overall. And I was proud and excited and thrilled to have him on the podcast. And I think that there's so much valuable information to take away from this show. Listen, there's so many podcasts nowadays. We actually started this show right before sort of the boom of podcasting happened, as I always say. And I think specifically with this show, you've seen hard work and dedication put into it to be able to put together a show like this, but also from the guest standpoint, you're seeing hard work and dedication to build businesses that they're proud to come on and talk about and talk about how it's their livelihood. So for all of you listening out there, that are inspired by this. I appreciate you, for all of you that are listening just because you wanted to support me or support Shadi, whatever it may be, I appreciate you all listening. But now that you're here and you've listened, remember this, you're held to a higher standard as a listener to this show, whether you've listened to one minute or you've listened to all 80 plus episodes that we have done here. You are held to a higher standard because this show is about being the best of the best, being a leader, always leading by example. And that's exactly what Shadi has amplified here. So like I said, hold you all to that higher standard. I hope you take that and you always lead by example in your workplace, in a classroom, when you're walking, when you're at the gym, no matter where you are, please know that I'm holding you to that higher standard. With that being said, we'll wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you just listened to another episode of your favorite podcast. This is The Best of the Best, presented by the Maverick Teams. Have a good one, everyone.